You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Welcome, everyone. My name is Jacob. This is Hunt Detail. Thank you for joining me. And if you're enjoying this content, please give it a five stars on iTunes or Spotify or whatever platform you are listening this on. Uh, also, Hunt Detail has a YouTube channel with uh, an immense amount of content. And then if you're looking for cheat sheets or other free resources, go to Hunt Detail on Instagram. So a few podcasts ago, I talked about creating a strategy for your Western hunts. And really, if you see behind me, for those of you watching this on, on the YouTube uh, podcast feed, you see I have a SMART, and it stands for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Realistic, and Time-Bound Objectives. And that's when it comes to your Western hunting applications, it's important that you really have some objectives and understand what you want to do and what you don't want. More importantly, what you don't want. Uh, if you don't want to, if you want to camp near the, the truck and you don't want to camp on the mountain, that's good. That's good to know. If you want to be able to shoot out to 30 yards but can't make a 50-yard shot, that's good to know. It's important to capture that. It's uh, Or if you want to hike, be able to hike 10 miles back and not hunt near your truck, Whatever your objectives are, it's important to have those crystallized and understand not only from an application standpoint, but when you actually go on the hunt. And we're going to circle back to this at the end of this because we're talking about finding the, the hunting partner that you're or partners that you're going to go with out west on a hunting trip. And um, hunting whitetail in the east with a buddy or two is significantly different than driving over a thousand miles out west on a tag that probably cost you a thousand dollars and spending 10 days or 14 days or seven days or whatever that is it's quite different because it's a different level of commitment investment and there's only so many times that you're going to be able to do a hunt of that nature out west in your lifetime because of limited time, limited money, limited resources. Uh, so if you're hunting whitetail in the east with some buddies, you know, there's a lot of, it's, a, it's, a, it's an afternoon, it's a morning, it's a weekend, it's a, it's a different thing, a different commitment level altogether. And so as we are in application season, and you are applying for these hunts, you're probably talking to people that you want to go with. And you're trying to create a plan around that. And you want to um, maximize the time that you have while you're out there. You Now, again, it goes back to what your objectives are. If your objective is to go out west and have a camping trip and grill steaks and drink beer and hang out by the truck, Make sure that whoever you're going with has the same objective. Because if they don't, and they want to go 10 miles deep or whatever that may be, 
there's going to be some frustration between the both of you because expectations are different. Objectives are different. And so I've just wrote down a couple questions that you may want to consider reflecting on as it relates to your Western hunts. And this could even be hunting whitetails in South Dakota. It doesn't have to be a elk or a mule deer sort of thing, or it could be a pronghorn. Whatever it is, when you invest a significant amount of resources into a particular trip, the best way to make the most of it is to make sure that you and whoever you're going with are on the same page. Because if you're not, then again, it can lead to a lot of frustration because we are very passionate about hunting, of course. It's different. It's different than if, you know, if we were going to do something else, um, you know, some sort of golfing trip or something like that. It's, it's uh, significantly different, different because the level of commitment is different. So I'm going to go through a couple questions. Obviously, you can have your own questions. You may have already have your own questions. But are, my question, number one, is are they currently, is your partner that's, or partners, are they buying points for particular states without your help? The reason why I ask that is because every state is incredibly nuanced. And you know this. We all know this. New Mexico is different than Wyoming, different than Montana, different than Arizona, different than South Dakota, different than Iowa, different than Kansas. Are they actively buying points? Are they invested? If they're not invested at that level or at that point, then you may have to wonder how invested are they going to be in this sort of trip. And again, maybe you're going somewhere where it's it's an OTC Colorado elk hunt, or it's a, a you know an over-the-counter tag in some other you know state, Nebraska, South Dakota, North Dakota, whatever. Are they invested in that sort of process? Do they know the process? Do they have sort of a membership to Hunting Fool or Go Hunt, where it has a lot of that information that they can help understand some of those nuances? If the answer is no, then you may want to sort of think about it. And maybe, and if you're listening to this and the other person is doing all the, the, the research and you're not doing any of it, you may want to rethink it as well. You may want to think about how you could carry the load, so to speak. Number two, are they researching units? So, okay, it's one thing to, to understand the state process, the buying of the points, the, the uh, putting in the applications and all that stuff. But are they now researching particular units that might be a good fit for your type of endeavor? I'll give you an example. If I'm looking at a particular state right now, some of the units have a, a pretty big road system. Uh, pretty, some of them, those roads are you know good for ATV travel, that sort of thing. Some units have barely any roads. I'm looking for the ones that have barely any roads. I don't have an ATV and I have no interest in, in, in an ATV. And I don't, I don't want to compete with ATVs. And so, you know, for me, if, if I were going with somebody, me and that other person or the other parties would be talking about what we're looking for within those units, or what we're not looking to, or what we're looking to avoid. And is this individual researching the units to understand that level of nuance or detail? Because that this is the time to do it. It seems odd, like oh, it's January or February or whatever, 
why would we be doing that? Well, it, the application process requires it. It depend, I mean, depending on the state. Number three, are they e-scouting? Or have, do they traditionally e-scout? Are they looking at Google Earth? Are they looking at different uh, terrain, uh, terrain types? Um, are they looking at elevation bands? Are they looking at water sources? Again, road systems, burns, timber cuts, uh, roadless areas. Are they getting themselves familiar with um, areas that you will could potentially hunt? And you could, this is sort of related to the previous question, but again, you have to ask yourself as you move forward in this process, is this person researching units? And so maybe, you know, a month from now, two months from now, you've drawn a tag. You've both drawn a tag. Are they, are they doing any research? If they're not, there's a signal. There's a sign there that they're not as interested, as, as committed to this as you are. Or if you flip it, if they're doing all the work and you're not, you may not be as committed to this as they are. And you may have to ask yourself, what's your, what's your smart objective for, this, for your hunt? And what's theirs? And how, what's the difference? And then it may, be, may require you all talk about it. Because it's okay to hunt with somebody that may not be fully aligned with your objective. But what's critical is that you talk about it and build a logistical plan around it. Because again, when someone wants to go this way and you want to go that way, it can create tension and problems and really create a disaster. So um, could they or would they, if you backed out, still be able to do this hunt. If you backed out, would they still be able to do it? You uh, break your leg and they, and they, are they still going to go? Would they go? Could they go? If the answer's, mm, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. It's hard to know. Then again, you have to sort of ask yourself, are, am I going to be yoked with more responsibility than than I should be, because this really should be sort of a 50-50 commitment. If I'm bleeding, are they bleeding too? So um, let's look at number five. And this goes back to the physicality. So let's talk about a smart objective, a specific, I'm going to hunt uh, elk in X state that's specific with uh, with a bow. My uh, effective range is out to 35 yards with, uh, with a 70 pound bow. It's, uh, I'm gonna hunt within a mile and a half of the truck and I uh, will need three people to help me pack out an elk. And I have two days of driving on each side, which leaves me five days of hunting. So you're time bound there. So there's a, there's a sort of a smart objective. It was, I'm trying to be very specific, measurable, attainable, realistic. And again, I may not like the fact that I'm limiting myself to 35 yards and a mile and a half from the truck. But if that's my limits, then I have to, uh, you know, if I, I I can change those limits, but that's those are my limits at this particular point in time. So then, I if I want to 
go two miles or three miles, then I have to change my my physical, um, you know, my, my physicality, my my strength and conditioning and etc. So that was leads me to this question: Are they physically able to keep up? If you again want to go deep, are they able to keep up with you? Or if you want to stay by the truck, or if they want to go deep, are you able to keep up with them? So it gets down to that physic physical um, conditioning component. Because again, a lot of these Western hunts include that component. Quite honestly, if you I mean if you're hunting mule deer or elk, obviously if you're hunting South Dakota whitetail or whatever, it might not require a lot of that. But it is something that you need to think about and talk about. And again, all of this can be coalesced with the conversation. If you have conversations about these things, then they don't become issues. They become they can be built into part of the plan. Okay, well, I'm going to do this and you're going to do this. Okay, that's great. Now, um, any yeah buts? This is my sort of the last question. Any yeah buts? So, uh, you know, we're going to stay till Saturday. Yeah, but I've got to, you know, is there any way we could do leave Friday? <clears throat> We're going to leave um, Friday evening. Eh, yeah, but what about Friday morning or Thursday night? Would it, be, would it be possible to do that? As soon as you start to hear the yeah buts, then you know that it's going to be an issue. And again, if, if you're bringing the yeah buts to the table, then you know that's on you. And you have to determine, are your all's your all's hunting objective or objectives aligned? Because again, you can talk about these things, but you've got to make sure that you talk about them up front and there are clear expectations of each other. And um, because again, and I'm speaking from experience, this can create problems. It could be very frustra a very frustrating situation. And I want to emphasize that these may be best friends of yours. They're not bad people. If they are the the ones that aren't doing the, the homework, or if you're not doing the homework and they are, doesn't make you a bad person. It's just you have different objectives, different hunting objectives, and that's important to understand. And it's no different, really, if if you go golfing. Somebody's really serious about golf. They've got the latest, greatest golf clubs. They want to do 36 holes or 54 holes or whatever. And you only want to do the the back nine, or and you've got a, a set of clubs that are you know twenty five years old. It, it, it's no different than any other thing like that. Or you've got um, you play basketball, and there's always one guy that that is the most serious that thinks they're playing for a scholarship, and and there's another guy that's just out there just to have fun, uh, run around a little bit, and 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 so. Those things don't usually create a lot of tension because it's just a basketball game. But again, if you magnify that in you know a thousand miles away with you know two thousand dollars worth of investment, then then it then it changes those those dynamics. And you know, like even with fantasy football, we all have there's always those leagues where there's a couple guys or a guy that never sets their lineup, or they set their lineup for the whole year. And it can be very frustrating to the, the more serious fantasy football players. So how do you find someone to go with you on a Western elk hunt that is 
is as committed as you are. And if you're listening to this podcast, I'm, I'm assuming that you have a level of commitment that might be different than other folks. So, it may, but maybe you don't. But let's just say you are on the ultra committed side. You're the one doing the investing. You're investing your time, money, energy, resources. You're leaving your family, leaving your work for a period of time. And you are going out west on a, on a big hunt. And you would like to go with someone, but you know that the folks that you, there aren't many people that are as serious as you are or that take it as serious. And so what I would say is that there are uh, these camps that are offered, like if you've heard of Elk Shape, Elk Shape does, has done a series of camps. I think he's just doing one this year uh, in July or June or something that he just announced. And I have a feeling that if I or if, if you were to go to an elk shape camp, you would find 45 different guys or gals that are as deeply committed to a Western hunt as you are. And you may find now, of course, some of them may not like the same things that you like or have the same ideas that you have. And that's where you have to have conversations. But you might find someone from a different state that is cut from the same cloth as you, that has the same level, deep love, interest in challenging themselves and and the growth mindset that something like this includes. Now, there's also the Western Hunting Summit. This is put on by Ryan Lampers. And um, there's a lot of folks that do that. And that involves, like the Elk Shape Camp, camping and shooting and classroom education and there's a lot of men and women that are attracted to uh, that sort of engagement and you could potentially find folks that that you share a common interest with and you share a few days with in those settings in those camp settings and then all of a sudden you've got a new really good friend I don't know if if you could find somebody on a forum I just don't know if that's I feel like it would be kind of sketchy but the last thing I would say is, if you don't find anybody, just go solo. If someone tells you that you couldn't possibly do it by yourself, then you should do it by yourself. Because you can. You absolutely can. And uh, and, I, and I'm going to reiterate that. If, if, if somebody says, well, you, you know, how could you butcher it or how could you pack it out or how could you do any of that by yourself well you can and you absolutely could and you just have to prepare for that both physically and mentally and uh, of course you want to be safe about it but uh, you would double down on yourself and on the other side you would actually be stronger for it more mentally tough more physically tough and more capable of a hunter by doing it on your own. So those are some thoughts as it relates to going on a big hunt and finding a hunting partner. And the truth is, is I went out to Wyoming this year on a solo hunt. And when I went out there, I made new friends and met other folks that were just like me. And it was absolutely amazing. And um, one of them killed a bull. And I've gone out to other states and done other hunts and made 
best friends with uh, with some I mean with some really awesome people from different ages backgrounds. Um, I mean it's there's a whole world of uh, of guys out there that uh, that share this passion and you don't have to wait to try to find them. You can go find them yourself. So just want to encourage you in that way. Best of luck and talk to you next week.